Thank you again for connecting with today's The Reframe Brain Podcast episode. This is Erica Savage, the founder and host, extending a personal invitation for you to join our community where you can receive my five best brain health tips and a playlist curated with you in mind. Please go to thereframedbrain.com. Thank you again and be well. Well, happy Monday. Today is Monday, March 21st. 2023. Happy New Year to everyone. I am Erica Savage, the founder and host of the Reframe Brain Podcast, where we center brain health and unseen injuries. I hope that you all are having a fantastic Monday and beginning of your week. And as always, you know, here at the Reframe Brain, we do embrace and love Mondays. I'm so excited that we've had a great kickoff to our season Three and want to thank you for being a part of the Reframe Brain community. And if you've not yet joined and maybe you have just kind of heard us through, maybe you're listening or watching by YouTube or one of our favorite podcast platforms, do invite you to be a TRB community member where you can get my five best brain health tips in a playlist curated with you in mind at thereframebrain.com. And so I am so elated that we have a wonderful, wonderful guest. You know, this is uh, Women's History Month. It is also March Madness for those of you all who are basketball enthusiasts. But it is also Brain uh, Injury Awareness Month. And to have this featured guest who does incredible work, I cannot wait to introduce her um, for this specific month is something that I believe that each one of us, whether or not you have struggled or struggling or know someone who has suffered a brain injury, but those unseen injuries, particularly when we think about gut health, when we think about hormone levels, and when we think about how nutrition impacts the body. So without further ado, let me introduce you all to the phenomenal Dr. Daisy Anglo and read her bio so you will understand all the receipts and what she's bringing us. Dr. Anglo is a state of Arizona licensed naturopathic family medicine physician. She has an extensive nutrition background. She earned a bachelor in nutrition science, diet, diet, dietetics, and biology from Syracuse University in the great state of New York. She is a health educator, a writer, and blogger featured in multiple publications, and you'll have those down in the link. At the University of New York, she worked at the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute in Boston while earning her certificate in medical Spanish from Boston College. She became passionate about naturopathic medicine through her high school years, battling her own health struggles with asthma and weight gain and looking for ways to help herself. Growing up in a family of not one, not two, not 10, but 12 doctors, she is the first in her family of, uh, to be a naturopathic physician. She understands both the conventional and naturopathic world and thus provides her patients with the best integrative wellness protocol possible. After graduating from the Southwest College of Naturopathic Medicine, she was accepted in one of the few prestigious residency programs in the country. Upon completion of her family medicine residency, she has now an overall eight years of experience in the health field. Her first language is French. Being fluent in French and Spanish allows her to give back to multiple Spanish-speaking health clinics. During her free time, she enjoys volunteering, Pilates, and boxing. She is an avid cook, reader, and dog mom to her two-year-old poodle named Cooper. 
Follow her and him on social media at Dr. Daisy Anglo for daily content and stories. And those links will be in. It gives me great honor and pleasure to welcome Dr. Daisy Anglo. Welcome to the Reframe Brain Podcast. (laughs) Erica. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. And thanks all of you for joining us and listening today. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's get into it, Dr. Daisy. Would love for you to share with the Reframe Brain audience. Talk to us about your decision to become a physician and wellness lifestyle practitioner. Yeah, so I grew up in Ivory Coast. For those of you who don't know, it's West Africa, like next to Ghana, so the West Coast of Africa. And my mom's youngest sister is an MD, so she happened to be a doctor. And I used to just, when you grow up in Africa, when you are one of the fortunate few and you see the plight of so many it's really hard to close your eyes to that you know Mm. my aunt's a physician she worked full-time but I always saw that on Wednesdays which happened to be the day that that students don't have school back in Ivory Coast she would always have a line full of kids that were like from unfortunate backgrounds, cannot have access to care and she'll always give her free time back I mean she'll always come home and be like so tired today but she always went back to work still had her high heels on and did it day after day after day just to give back and at one point I was like wow like this is such a rewarding career I did not know anything about money I did not know what doctors make I don't know nothing about the path to get to this point you know but what I yeah. knew was the satisfaction she got from helping those that were just less fortunate than we were. And I'm like, yeah. I want to do that job. I want to do whatever job I need to do that. I'm going to wear high heels and a white coat. <laughs> and <laughs> I think the fashion helped too. But so I yeah. others. And at one point on TV, there was a burn victim, a young kid that just came out of a burn unit. I'd never seen a burn kit before. I was eight years old. When you see someone on TV that looks like you and their flesh is completely gone, it's like, I don't know if it doesn't trigger something in you to do either become like a burn victim, like support person or someone that can help that child. That's kind of the turning point in my life that made it me like, okay, I really want to pursue medicine. I don't know where that's going to take me. I don't know how I'm going to get there, but I am going to get there. However, when you grow up in Ivory Coast, when you're in a country stricken by war, you're shipped elsewhere, and suddenly your dream of actually helping the community that you want to help is now transformed, right? So that's mm-hmm. why my activism, my, my desire to help those who are less fortunate and working volunteer like communities has always been a passion of mine, because I think there's so much that needs to be done in these vulnerable populations, people that don't have access to care, the language barrier. This has always been my passion. Being able to converse with someone and help yeah. them has been like my ultimate passion. I never knew how that was going to translate into medicine. That's kind of like how my path did, led me here. And with yeah. war, I had to leave Ivory Coast. I was shipped to Canada because I didn't know any word of English before, you know. I was born yeah. in the US, but I never grew up here actually. So I was I went to school in Canada and then sometime after that I went to school in Paris and then ended up in the US. But even in that whole journey of leaving everywhere, I always remain the same in the term that I wanted to always help the less fortunate. I just didn't know how it's going to look like, but medicine kind of chose me. I think it chose me because I'm just so empathetic to people's needs. 
I have like a, I don't have kids, but I have like a motherly nature to begin with, just embrace people, no matter what their background, their ethnicities, their languages, or their sex. I think it's just kind of chose my empathetic nature to like find me in this field. So it really chose me. And I love that every single day I get to choose it now for myself. So it's been a good journey. Wow. Thank you so much for taking us through the time that you were a child to um, the wonderful position and woman that you are now. And I truly believe that it was those impressionable encounters that you have when you spoke very passionately about your aunt and growing up on the Ivory Coast. And you know, for our viewers who may not be as familiar perhaps with some of those regions, what it was like to actually grow up and war was on both your left and your right side of you, um, but that you really had a passion um, that was um, really imprinted. And so it really does, as you said, medicine chose you, but it sounds um, and it looks like, especially if paying attention to your social media, that you really, really, those wells of empathy have only swollen and become much more deep. So we're very glad to have you in the white coat, in the fashion, which we'll get into a little bit later. So let's go ahead and move into um, your practice of medicine. And um, I love that for you specifically, so for the Reframe Brain audience, I started following Dr. Daisy um, specifically because the focus um, of naturopathic medicine, but specifically because you um, spoke to gut health, hormonal health, and nutrition. And that's at the heart of many struggles that people face daily, as you well know. Um, you yourself talked about how um, you were informed because of your own challenges, respiratory, asthma, and then with weight as well. Um, just thinking about ads, um, even watching television, there's so many ads for non-prescription, prescription, prescription um, remedies to address stool, digestive issues, and diet. We're definitely not lacking hearing those via radio or on television. So with the understanding and, and um, we read this in your bio that prescribed medicine is sometimes required. It's not, we're trying to throw that away. Can you walk us through um, your nuanced approach of the nexus of proper gut health and nutrition management as preventative um, and a lifestyle approach? And could you share some positive outcomes that you've had with clients who have followed your guidance um, and your expertise in these areas? Yes. So in naturopathic medicine, we talk about the therapeutic order, almost like a little pyramid as to what is the foundation of health, you know, and then what we need to do first before we reach that teeny tiny part at the top, which happens to be medication or surgical intervention if we needed to. So I'm not sure if you have heard this term before, or maybe um, some of our listeners have heard this term before. It's getting back to the root cause, treating the root cause. I like to call it removing the obstacle to cure. The goal again is to cure you as possibly as we potentially can, but what is the obstacle? Let's say if you're not sleeping because you have a new baby, again, we cannot remove the baby, but that's going to be an obstacle to your sleep. So when I work with patients, let's talk about one of my patients. She happens to be a 75-year-old woman. She has a 34-year history of using omeprazole, which happens to be what they call a proton pump inhibitor, like an antacid medication. So 30 years of that, because at one point she was pregnant, had her baby and had 
awful reflux during her pregnancy, which is a very common thing that people have, you know, and she started on the medication, was never told to get off. And now 34 years later, she's now in my office on this drug that she wants me to take her off of. And like, oh boy, the problem when you have been on medication for so long, taking you off of it can be really dangerous. You have to be extremely careful not to have what they call a rebound effect, like a negative effect almost from having, you know, sustain your body with this drug for so long. So we just went back to the same thing. Let's remove the obstacle to cure. Let's start with nutrition. What are you eating that's causing your body to experience a reflux? Can we do something about that? Can we work on getting the diet on point? Can we work on getting the sleep better so we don't have stress that's causing you to have reflux? Can we work on not eating so much? Because solely as we age, we're digesting things as we normally would. So that's going to cause mm. things to sit in your stomach. Can we work on not having you sleep after you eat right away so you don't just lie there and have reflux, you know? That's going to be a big thing. So we're removing the obstacle to cure. Now we're going to work on stimulating healing. Our bodies have the natural ability to heal itself if given the right environment. So whether it's a toxic friend or toxic food, toxic environment, we got to take it out. You know, we talk about this all the time, but it's just really difficult to do. And sometimes having someone tell it to you, it's like, oh, I sh- maybe you should do it, you know? So we're going <laughs> to stimulate our body to self-heal. And then next one's going to be to support. Can we support your body as we're taking you off medication with herbs? There are so many wonderful herbs out there that support your gut health that are very effective, very safe especially when you're in 75 years old, you know, you got to ensure we're staying safe all the time. So we're supporting and restoring this weakened body. And then if at all needed, address any physical issues. Sometimes when you have reflux, it could be like a hernia causing issues. So I refer her to physical therapy and surely enough, there was something going on there. They worked on her. She's doing better. So if there's any physical thing happening, we got to remove that physical barrier as well. Physical therapy is a good option before even considering medication. When you have pelvic pain, women have cramps every time, every month. Sometimes is it a pelvic issue? Maybe. Can we do something about it? Most likely before popping up again, yet another pill. So I really want people to understand when you're having a symptom, that means your body's signaling that there's something going on there. Don't just suppress it with medication, investigate, be curious about your health, be curious about the food you're eating and how it's impacting your body. As women, we know this, if we're eating something that's not super good for us, we're not going to feel super great. And that's just so important just investigate be curious about the food be curious about like what's on the food labels you can read it up it takes like five minutes at the store to buy something look up on your phone and say i don't know this word let me look it up real quick to see if i can eat it or not okay yes great take it oh no put it back on the shelf you know it's just really really five minutes let's try to do that more and then we're supporting and of course natural if at all medication are also helpful. So even though herbs are pretty safe, they're not always safe for every single person. So whenever I work with a patient, it could be the same exact quote unquote diagnosis of acid reflux, but the protocol and the pace that we work with, the way we approach the care is going to be completely dependent on the person. Can they do my recommendations? Do they have financial restrictions that's also going to impede they're healing because it's not cheap to be healthy, which is very unfortunate. 
It's not. It's not cheap to be healthy. I got ginger from the store yesterday and I paid like $7 for it. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I could just get a McDonald's, have a full meal for $7, you know, for this tiny mm -hmm. ginger. So it's not cheap to heal. So whenever I work with patients, I try to find the most cost-effective way that we can get their healing without spending a million dollars because it's just not sustainable. But the goal is to always remove the obstacle to cure. Let's take it out. If it's in your fridge, take it out. If it's in your environment, take it out. I have patients who have IBS, irritable bowel syndrome, and some of their triggers is their stressful work environment. Yes. Let's remove the stressful work environment because we can only do so much. I tell my patient, I can only do so much if whenever I take you out of my office, you go and don't do my work. And right. that's going to be a tough conversation to be had with your boss or your family or your friends or just find a new job. <laughs> but that's the right. thing. I have found that just working back to the basics can really help people understand this is what's happening to my body. And this, these are the next steps we're going to take slowly to get you where you want to be. I love that, Dr. Daisy. And I love that your approach is really you are working with the patient, but then the patient also has a responsibility to themselves. And mm -hmm. so naming all of those things, environment, what one is ingesting, and then adding the caveat of there may be tough conversations that need to be had, but the choice is, how do we, how does one want to live? Does one want to live well? Or does one want to live in this continuation of striving? And so, I, you know, as you said, taking that five minutes when we're taking something off the shelf, not really just, you know, being very robotic in what it is that we're actually picking up um, to bring back to our home uh, to feed us, but actually taking the time and looking up things on these computers, these devices that we have <laughs> in our hands at all times. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I know. Yes. Like, um, I'm not sure if you're familiar, if our listeners are familiar. There's an um, app called EWG. Have you heard of the EWG app before? Is that where you can kind of scan and um, yes. it'll pull up? Yeah. Yes. The environmental I'm familiar, but please share a little bit more yes. around that. Yes, the Environmental Working Group, it's called. And mm -hmm. it's going to be a third party that has, again, no benefits to anybody, right? But their goal mm -hmm. is, again, to really help us, the consumers, get to know what we're ingesting. So at least when you're scanning the little thing, just read about it. Like, okay, this is in there, cool. Sometimes you may know, sometimes you might not know. But over time, you get curious, you get interested. I think if people are interested in their well-being and they're being well, they start mm -hmm. slowly taking their path to it you know and we know the importance of gut health when it comes to brain health our hormones everything really happens in our gut so the simple act of what we put in our mouth every day has to be kind of like a big thing you know you kind of have to make sure whatever you're eating and you're putting in your body is intentional can I intentionally eat that piece of chocolate and be good about, feel good about it? Yes. But can I also be intentional about whatever I'm choosing, Cheetos, all that I know what is in there? <laughs> so I don't think it's what we choose to eat is how we are mindful about our choices every time. Mm. So what do you bring into the house? You're likely going to eat. So whenever you're at the store, 
just take time and gut health as you know for brain health is so so key we've got to make sure our gut health is in tip-top shape so much of our hormones our happy hormones serotonin dopamine all that is made in our gut so how you are going through the world being happy just living your best life starts with these simple steps if you're not eating really well, you're going to be crashing at the end of the day. How, or you're not eating well at nighttime, you're either underfeeding yourself, so you have low blood sugar in the middle of the night, so you're, now you're waking up, or you're overeating, so now you cannot sleep and you're waking up. It's going to impact your business, your day, your interaction with other people, if you're irritable, all this because of low blood sugar. So making sure we just take a little time, even if it's 30 minutes, to kind of pause and be intentional about our food can make a huge difference. <laughs> Amen. And I am a living testimony to exactly what Dr. Davy is saying. I really appreciate you saying that. And again, um, Reframe Brain audience, we will have those links, links, especially the EWG where people can link and get that app. I've used yes. it. Super helpful um, yes. in um, this podcast episode. And so would love for you to talk a little bit more about the variety of services available for the virtual and global community as we um when we read your, when I read your bio, you of course your first language is French. You also speak Spanish as well, which is um, so wonderful. So that you are able to help um, many, many people. Um, we reach uh, several different countries. This podcast does, and we'd love for you to share um, what a person who may have um, concerns with adrenal, hormonal, skin, stool, and or gut issues should expect when they book a consult with Dr. Daisy. Yeah, so all of our um, appointments start with a free consultation, but I think is why my practice thrives so much is because especially as naturopathic doctors, it's not about looking at the system of this person as only one organ and they're all separate. It's about looking as a ho- holistically, right? So whenever you have an imbalance in the gut, for instance, you have an imbalance somewhere like in your skin. If you have what they say an imbalance in one hormone, likely you'll have imbalance in other hormones as well. So what I'm you know, every day engaging my patients to be educated about their health is that if something is happening here as a symptom, that means multiple systems are also involved. So instead of looking at throwing one pill at one organ system each time, it's about, again, the whole root cause thing. What's happening under under underground, underlying here, causing you to have an issue in maybe this one organ, but how it's affecting all the other ones. When people have like diabetes, for instance, they think, okay, take metformin, go about your day. But I don't know that people understand the implication of having diabetes. That means your heart health. That also means your eye health. Men who are struggling with, again, ED, erectile dysfunction, need to also understand you have tiny vessels in your penis that are going to be impacted by your diabetes as well. You have tiny vessels in your eyes, in your toes. Some people lose their toe or lose their vision, it's because they haven't been educated about the impact of their condition and how it's affecting every other systems in their health, right? That's why my approach is like, just 
holistically. When someone comes to me for adrenal dysfunction because they're not sleeping well, they have high stress, likely they're maybe a female. Most of my patients are women, even though I see quite a few men as well. My patients are mostly female. They maybe are not ovulating because now they have just too high cortisol, too high stress. They're not sleeping, which again is impacting their day-to-day. They may be gaining weight because again, their metabolism is slowing down from not sleeping so well. So I really want them to understand that, okay, the, the lack of sleep here is causing all of this to happen. The adrenal issue is also causing all of this. So when you have a thyroid issue, a hormone issue, or an adrenal dysfunction, or a gut issue, just understand it's not just happening that one body of system. Thyroid disorders are very common in young women nowadays. I see patients from all walks of life who have thyroid issues, but having low thyroid, for instance, where it impacts every body system can maybe slow down, your, slow down your digestion. So now you're not pooping as you really want to. It can also slow down your metabolism. So now you're finding yourself gaining weight. It can also impact your fertility. So now you're having yourself at a fertility doctor, maybe because you don't know what's going on with your body. So whenever something's happening in one organ, it impacts everything else. And I really want people to start understanding, like, it's not just a, a symptom, it's just one, just one symptom. It could mean so many other things. Fatigue is not just fatigue anymore. It could mean so much mm. more than that. So just don't harp so much on just taking like an adrenal support for your fatigue or vitamin C for your fatigue. Find out what the root cause is of your fatigue. Let's address, let's remove the obstacle to cure, address the imbalance and make you feel better overall. That's the goal. Absolutely. And with Dr. Daisy saying that because that's such a departure, especially here in the States from, um, as you said, it is, okay, well, this is a diagnosis, take this instead of, as you said earlier in our conversation, being investigative around, well, if this is happening, then what else is being impacted? So as naturopathic medicine makes its waves um, here in the States, which um, I just read um, not too um, long ago that within the next five years, it will definitely see um, a huge ascension as people become more interested in not just, well, this is the diagnosis I have, but what is happening with my body? What, how are these other systems being impacted? Exactly. So when I have my first appointment with my patients, like a little interview process, it's 15 to 20 minutes. I get to know them, they get to know me. And sometimes it depends on the patient. I will not pick them solely because from that conversation, I might know that, hey, you know what? I don't think they're ready for to the investment, not the financial one, but they're, the change, you know? They have they talk about the stages of change. Are they in that ready to take action stage? And that's not for every person. I have patients come back a year later. Okay, I'm ready now. I'm like, okay, let's do it, you know? So if you're ready to change, then it's a good place to start with just finding an ND that's going to want to work with you. After our first time, they're like, okay, I'm ready to work with you. We move on to our 16 minute appointment. It's a long time, but we get to through everything. I talk to them about their personal life, what's impacting their health. In addition to deciding now, what's the next step? Do we need to order more labs? If they don't have labs done, do we need to just start you on any medication? I think it's warranted at a time. It depends. Almost every mm-hmm. first appointment, though, ends up with me telling them, okay, we need more labs. Let's kind of figure out what's going on with you first before suggesting anything. If I'm putting a 
piece of information on the paper that says probiotic or I'm suggesting fish oil, believe me, I am anticipating this to heal you. I don't just put nice. things on paperwork like just to take it. I do not care for the whole taking a million things. If you're seeing a difference in what you're taking, then take it. If not, it's time to stop it. <laughs> you know, that's my uh, philosophy. So when they come back after their 60 minute appointment, it's going to be for a 30 minute visit. And we're going to be discussing the labs and changes since the first appointment. Let's say I'm suggesting something. They've done it. How are you feeling? Good, bad. Okay. And then after a 30 minute visit, when we have a full plan going on, I tell them my expectations. Every single patient that I work with, I expect them to see improvement in what we're working on within three months when they follow my protocol. Within three months, I expect to see some changes. By the time six months come, I'm like, okay, this is our next step. And by one year, I'm like, you might not need me anymore, really. So it's about just getting the yearly checkups solely because I know how herbs work and herbs take a little bit longer time than your conventional medication. So you got to put in the time, you got to get your body a few tries, you know, to get used to what you have now part of your protocol to kind of get it into your system. And then I have patients who come to see me just once a year, like I need my blood work check, make sure my diabetes is staying away. I'm like, okay, let's do it. You know, so I see all kinds of patients, women, men from diabetics to hypertensive, a lot of hormones and gut health, of course. But again, Mm -hmm. the root cause, getting back to the root cause, getting back to the diet and lifestyle modifications is really key. I love it. And two things I heard, investment and discipline. So um, I think anybody that's listening to this podcast, even whether they um, are have a diagnosis or not, as a way, and we started this out saying preventative um, and then also to treat, but as a preventative measure should um, ensure that they do book a consult with Dr. Daisy. Um, my last uh, question for you, it's been such a great honor to have you as a guest, Dr. Daisy. Um, appreciate you taking time out of your um, wonderful schedule. You have a blog, um, a YouTube channel, you've got a Facebook community. Um, So a couple of things we want to know, how can we join those communities? And then how can people connect with your work, procure your services that you just shared with us, what that looks like? um, And if you have any uh, events that we can participate in. Lovely. Thank you. Yes. So Instagram seems to be a pretty safe source for anyone to connect with anybody. I get so many DMs all the time. You're welcome. You're I'm like, I cannot get through all of them. You're welcome to always email me. I'm very approachable. I like to talk to people. So you're welcome to always just email me. My email is linked, I believe as well. I think you told me it might be linked after this too. So you're welcome to email mm-hmm. me if you want to. Instagram seems to work well. And I have a lot of free resources on my website as well, which is always good for people. I have a guide on gut healing itself. So you're welcome to get the guide, start working on some of the tips there and see how you do. And if you need more help, then come back and hang out with me for a few hours, but also have some hormonal tips. Most of my women that I work with are between 16 and 75, but even these tips can work for any of these stages of life too as well. So definitely look it up. And then as far as events coming up since it's Women's History Month, I'm working with a colleague of mine to definitely get more information about health out there. So every Wednesday, we're doing a little talk. So this week, we're going to do thyroid. Last week was women's health. And we're going to do gut health last and then adrenals um, week four. And my last, last week, I'm going to have a physical therapist come to talk about pelvic health 
in women because I see so many women struggling with their pelvic health and it's really important as we transition into menopause we need to have a strong pelvic floor so she's going to be discussing pelvic floor therapy in the last week of March and honestly DM me message me I'm always happy to chat I get so many DMs about probiotics this or that I'm always happy um, to discuss with you. But if you want to take something today from our wonderful conversation is that, first of all, wherever you start life is not where you're going to end. And embracing mm. the pain is so important because if you're stopping, the limit that we put on ourselves is just for ourselves. You don't have to put limit on yourselves. You can be anything and anyone you want to be in this world. So just strive, go for it. You're going to, people going to tell you no, going to clap the door at your face. Create your own table and invite other people that looks just like you, you know, and that's going to be a big thing, you know, and then if at all you're ever looking at your health and finding yourself struggling, just take a pause, take a breath and think about the person you want to become. And that's such an important thing. Imagine the person you want to be. What does your life look like? How do they walk their world? What are their choices that they make that make them a healthier person in the state you're currently in? And what steps can you take? Removing the obstacles are the first thing. Obstacles secure. Yeah. I love that. Render natural wellness. And I'm boss and unfiltered. I definitely I have saw. my Women's History Month 10. I saw. Early chism. So when you talked about that table, I was like, Absolutely. And thank you for sharing with the audience the visualization exercise, because that is really how we get ourselves to the wellness that we desire. We actually have to see that for ourselves and in that practice as someone who is living and is um, a part of this community, but is living out what she says, um, you have the receipts. So um, render natural wellness. I will definitely have all the links for everybody to follow Dr. Daisy Anglo on Instagram, which she said is um, very popular for her. That's where I started following her. I DM'd and you were very pleasant. I really do appreciate you. Thank you so much for being a part of this podcast episode, Dr. Daisy. Thanks so much for having me today. Thank you so much. Absolutely. And to the Reframe Brain audience, thank you as always for connecting. And remember that we do this work We do this journey one beautiful breath at a time. Thanks so much for connecting today. Bye. Thank you again for connecting with today's The Reframe Brain Podcast episode. This is Erica Savage, the founder and host, extending a personal invitation for you to join our community where you can receive my five best brain health tips and a playlist curated with you in mind. Please go to thereframedbrain.com. Thank you again and be well.